What's up, everybody? This is the Society of Kingdom Minds. I am Joshua T. Berglund, and I'm blessed to be here. And I'm really, really excited today to be introducing you guys to Dr. Ruth Charles and Pastor Carlos Lacoya. Did I say it right, Pastor? Lacayo. Lacayo. I'm going to brush up on my Spanish. Thank you. Lacayo. <laughs> that is an, it's an absolutely, that's a much more beautiful way of saying your last name than when I said it. Um, as I said, this is the Society of Kingdom Minds. We are missing a few people today, but that's okay because we have some really exciting uh, stuff to go through. And today we are going to discuss mission and mentoring. And I have an outline that I'm going to go over uh, on behalf of Dr. Henry. And I'm excited about this, but also for the audience that's watching on all of the different platforms worldwide. Um, this is an engaging process also. So this is like a, a think tank, a mastermind to be able to create a course that we believe that will have a huge impact on yes. the world. Yes. Uh, so your involvement is very important. So do not be shy. Um, you're welcome to disagree. You're welcome to offer suggestions. And if you're feeling really froggy, you're welcome to even join us live on the broadcast. So with that said, uh, Pastor, would you like to pray to get us started? Yes, of course. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for this uh, uh, beautiful opportunity uh, to share between us and uh, with all audience we have in different uh, places uh, about your kingdom, about uh, do the things we are calling to do. Uh, we gain understanding uh, the way we can uh, break every frontier and reach all the people we are in, in your plans uh, to reach. And uh, we, we, love, we love you, Lord. And uh, uh, we love the purpose uh, for we are being calling to serve you, uh, to love you and to know you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So really quick, um, Dr. Ruth, what are you grateful for today? Man, I tell you, I am grateful to have my mental health. That's a good one. To have the mind of Christ in a world of chaos, confusion, and craziness. Yes. In this day and time, I am grateful to have my mental health. The scripture says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. I have the mind of Christ and I am so thankful. I like that a lot. Yes. What about what about you, Pastor? Uh, I agree it's not, uh, especially that the time we're uh, going through right now, that's, that's, that's the best thing you can have. Uh, really, the, the mind of Christ, uh, the mental health, it's really important to do that job. We are calling to do it. Hmm. I like that a lot. That's good. Um, to, I'm grateful. This has been an amazing week. I got three date nights uh, with my better half. And uh, I'm really, really <laughs> grateful to be able to have that time. We spend a lot of time uh, with other people and not really get the opportunity to spend with each other that much or that quality time. So today I'm grateful for getting three date nights this week. So. 
I'm also um, grateful because uh, this uh, this week I have uh, my uh, two grandkids with me at home. Uh, the, the first one is a boy at uh, 17 years old, and uh, there is a girl uh, seven years old. Ten years different, but uh, we spend uh, this uh, week uh, doing many things, uh, uh, hiking, uh, watching some movies, uh, uh, playing uh, in team. So and. Uh, Taking the opportunity to feel on the heart of the world, yeah, with example, with uh, with excitement. So it has been a really good uh, time with them. I'm I'm so grateful for that. I like that. I mean, without family, the one thing that I've been able to learn through this pandemic um, is the importance of family. And family can be friends also, but those true meaningful relationships the value for that has skyrocketed for me so i i Mm -hmm. I can appreciate that pastor thank you for that so let's talk about mission have you ever asked what is my purpose my mission in life who has it you aren't alone many people go through life feeling discouraged about themselves and thinking they don't have a purpose in life But that's not true. Whoever you are, whatever your life experiences, talents, physical ability, or role, you have a mission. This Bible verse is very applicable. For we are God's workmanship, handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do, Ephesians 2.10. So, Pastor, when you hear that verse, what does it mean to you? Uh, for, for, give, uh, give, give me the, the, the sense of uh, we are uh, not only created, but we, we, uh, we, are, we, was, we was planning in the mind of God to do, to do something and to know him. Uh, this uh, the higher purpose in in in, uh, in our life, the higher sense we can have uh, in this in, in this world. In this and this uh, it has been uh, resumed. Of uh, I mean, uh, it's a concrete uh, thinking about uh, what we are. I love that. That's beautiful. <laughs> Dr. Ruth, what about you? No audio. You have no audio? No audio. You can't hear? Can you hear me? Yeah. That is weird. I'm reading lips right now. So repeat your question to me, and I'll repeat until my audio comes back. Wow, that's really strange. Um, so, for we are God's workmanship, handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. What does that verse mean to you? She doesn't hear I'm me. sorry. This is really <laughs> crazy. I don't okay. know what's going on. We I can don't hear know you what's going great. On. You know, I heard the first of what you said to Pastor Carlos, but the only thing I can say is 
you know, Genesis 1:27 talks about us being created in the image and likeness of God. Yes. And, you know, he told Jeremiah, he said, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, said the Lord. Plans for good, plans not for evil, but for a future, a hope and expected end. So as long as you're breathing, there is hope and there is something, there is a mission, a purpose that God has planted you here in this earth for. No matter where you are in life, what you've done, you know, like the movie said, I know what you did last night. God doesn't care. As long as you're breathing, he has a plan for you and it's for us. We're going to help you discover what that plan is so that you can move forward and that mission that he has for your life. I like it. I for me, beautiful, beautiful. You know, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he God prepared for us in advance to do. The part advance for us to do, to me, means that we were born with a purpose, and we find our purpose in Jesus Christ. So that means. All of the things that we've done bad, all of the things that we've struggled with, all of our afflictions, the sin, the, the hurt, the pain, all of it gets to be used for a purpose. And for that, that's encouraging, especially for someone like myself. So, uh, the, 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 he, Dr. Henry has here, notice two points in this verse. God created you. You are not an accident. God has a plan for you. You have a purpose in life. And it doesn't matter what you've done, how old or young, or what anyone else thinks. You have a mission. I'm going to mention this again, but let me introduce it now. A mission is never done alone. Nobody, nobody fails alone. Nobody succeeds alone. Pay very close attention to the people around you. Nobody succeeds alone any more than a child can grow and learn in isolation. Man, that's, that's pretty powerful considering the times that we're in right now. So, Pastor, um, for you, does, it, does anything speak to your heart with what I just read? I think uh, this... Uh define the, the reason why uh, people we have hope, uh, people we can have a uh, faith, uh, people we can uh, uh, leave our uh, past wrong ways behind us. And uh, in a new day that we have in Jesus Christ, focus on the better things. Uh, we have a uh, many uh, Actually, you have many people just thinking about the, about past, and uh, has been a uh, lacking, uh, like a like a in a jail. It's the kind of jail uh, there is a actually that jail uh, keep them without action, without uh, purpose, and uh, without. Uh, anything else but uh, looking at itself and uh, and the folks but uh, this verse alone tells you you're going uh, you has been created for something good and this is good came from god no it's not only good it's great Amen. i love it dr ruth are you hearing us now 
I can. I had to change headsets, but it's okay. Ah, okay. Well, welcome back to the party. Um, <laughs> what is what is does what did I that what I that I just read? What does that does that speak to you at all? Um, read the scripture again. I heard a little bit of what Pastor Carlos said, but I didn't get what you said. I apologize. Well, it was the two points that God God created you. You were not mm -hmm. an accident. Amen. God has a plan for you. You mm -hmm. have a purpose in life, and it doesn't matter mm -hmm. what you've done, how old or young, or what anyone else thinks. You have a mission. Mm -hmm. you, your mission is never done alone. Mm -hmm. Nobody fails alone. Nobody mm -hmm. succeeds alone. Pay very close attention to the people around you. Nobody succeeds alone any more than a child can grow and learn in isolation. Amen. Well, you know, Amos 3 and 3 says, how can two walk together except they agree? How can be one, how, how can one be warm alone? So you need other people to come alongside of you to partner with you like the Holy Spirit, the paraclete or the paracletos partners with us in life. So you think about uh, the scripture where it says, I and my father are one. Everything Jesus did, he referenced the father and the, and the spirit of God, or the Holy Spirit. And so that's, you know, you think about that, that's a working together. Uh, in order to make a baby, you need two people. <laughs> Whatever, there is a coupling that has to come together. And so when you think about it, you have to ask yourself these questions when there are people in your lives. Uh, are they there for a reason, a season, or a lifetime? What is the reason they're in my life? How long is that season that they are to be in my life. Sometimes we can bring people and put them in places where they don't belong or we put them there and they're there too long. We're holding on to people that maybe they should be in another place. Maybe that mentoring or that or that pastor or that coworker or that, or that worker in your business was there for a season or in that position for a season. Now it's time to shift them around and bring someone else in. So you always want to be observant, as you said, of who's in your life and asking God why they're there and having the spirit of discernment or just an inner knowing of why this person is attached to me or why they're attaching themselves to me. And that's a whole nother subject I won't get into, but it speaks to what you were just asking. I want to speak to that part. I remember after giving first giving my life to the Lord, I was really, really hungry. And I, but I was also in a bad, I got out of jail, was in a bad spot financially where I was desperate. Like I didn't know the practice of surrender that well. So I was still trying to do everything on my own might, still fighting and, you know, fighting for my life. So anyone I met that paid me any attention, I, I got excited and I wasn't paying attention to the sharks that I was around. Wow. I wasn't paying attention to that. Some people may wanted to, to use or take advantage of me. Now, mind you, I'm no victim. I allowed that to happen. However, my desperation 
and not my reliance on the Lord, my desperation for, to, for man to save me and not God, put me in some bad situations. So I love where it says, pay very close attention to the people around you. Because, and here's the thing, once I started living the right way and I started walking in obedience, then the right people came to me. I still got to see the wrong people, but I had the discernment at that time to be able to say, yeah, this isn't for me and walking away or turning down a job opportunity when it wasn't right, making space and making room for the right people to come into my life. And it's, so I really love that he mentioned this. And I, ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce you, uh, Pastor and Dr. Ruth. I'd like to introduce you to my friend, Caroline. She's in, not in Africa. You are in Manchester. Manchester. That's right. Thank you. Because I remember you're from, I remember you're from Africa, but <laughs> you're in Manchester now. So Absolutely. this is Caroline and I've asked her, she watched last week and she wants to join us. How much did you hear about what we were saying earlier? I didn't hear a thing because I just came from a consultancy with a client of mine. Um, and so I wasn't, I didn't hear anything. Can you guys hear echoes? You sound good to me. Okay. So I, I'm going to re I'm going to, I'll go over this really quick for you to, I, I would love to hear your comments on it. What does this mean to you? God created you. You are not an accident. God has a plan for you. You have a purpose in life and it doesn't matter what you've done, how old or young or what anyone else thinks you have a mission. I'm not going to mention this again, but let me introduce it now. A mission is never done alone. Nobody fails alone. Nobody succeeds alone. Pay very close attention to the people around you. Nobody succeeds alone any more than a child can grow and learn in isolation. I totally agree with that. Do you want me to comment on that? Yeah, please. I would love that. I mean, that could turn into like a 10 series someone right there. <laughs> <laughs> so I will start with, I will start with the beginning. Um, we were all created with a special, special mission. No one can do that mission. If we don't do it, we go to the grave with it. Mm. And that's how special everyone is. And even if someone is to pick up what Caroline was supposed to do, they would not do it the way Caroline would have done it. That's because true. there is a specific DNA in me that cannot be copied. Yeah. It cannot be replicated. No matter how many copycats are there, no one can do it the way I do it. And that makes every one of us, regardless of who we are, our social background, social socioeconomic status, where we were born, whatever mistakes we've done, everyone is unique. That is why you can see someone who may have lost their way, come back to the Lord and be so powerful and do so many amazing things. And then you wonder how can God use that person so powerfully? Because God had intended it before the foundations of the world were laid that that person was going to be used to do amazing things. Mm. 
Now, if you go to the Bible, there are thousands of examples of people right from the beginning. If you look at the life of, let's, let's just give an example of someone in the Bible. Just look at the life of Abraham, for example. God had intended for Abraham to be our father of faith. And that's why God told his dad to leave their land. But his dad gave up on the way. And when he died, God spoke to Abraham and told him, leave and go to the land which I will show you. So the journey began when Abraham was very young and his dad left and traveled and then camped somewhere and thought, okay, I'm going here. He didn't know what he was doing, but he was accomplishing what God was doing. So every one of us, no one is a mistake. So if anyone listening out there has been told you're a mistake, or you are born out of wedlock, or you are born from a teenage mother, or you are born from a rapist father, or whatever it is, nobody is a mistake. And I cannot answer so many questions that people may have, oh, why children who are born out of wedlock or out of rape cases or all these did god intend for it i cannot answer that question for god but one thing i know is when you show up here you are here for a mission and a purpose and you are so special that when you are gone something is going to miss in this planet earth because you're not there so I'll leave it there, and there's a whole lot that you said that I can contribute on, but I will let the other panelists also add to that. Well, they said their piece, uh, okay. and all of this was that was stunning. Um, so let's move on to the next thing. But that was very, very powerful. All three of you, thank you for your shares. Um, I like, let's see, I lost a break. Um, <laughs> Now let's go on the idea that everyone has this one true calling. Some people seem to know from birth that they were, what they were meant to do. Most of us don't, and that's okay. Callings aren't an all or nothing deal breaker. You may feel different callings or missions at different times in your life. So rather than ask yourself, what's my one true calling? Try asking instead, what's calling me right now? That's good. And see where that leads you. We tend to look for our calling or our mission. May I suggest it may be better to listen. Your mission is calling you. I am choosing the word mission over purpose or calling because we tend to get a washout version due to continual use. So Caroline, I'll start with you and then we'll go to Dr. Ruth and then the pastor. What does that say to you? That's so powerful. Thank you so much, Joshua. That is so powerful. It's a question that I battled with in my teenagehood because I believed I was called to be a preacher and I was going to go into Bible school and I was going to be a pastor mm. until I got this revelation where I learned that you can do the work that a pastor does in the marketplace as any other you know entrepreneur or you know i studied mathematics chemistry i wanted to be a mathematician then i changed my mind then i wanted to be a chemical engineer then i changed my mind and i found myself in the nonprofit sector doing what i'm doing right now mm -hmm. 
But through all those things, you know, all those times, what I learned is the mission, as you said, the mission calls you. So each and every country that I have lived in, I've been able to serve the community. I've been able to serve in my place of work. I've been able to serve people, I believe, using the talents and the gifts that I've been given. Also, some of it is through what I have learned in school, through education system, formal and informal. And I believe I've been able to accomplish something. Now, going back to we have one specific mission that we have to accomplish. I believe at every different time, there's a specific thing that you are called to do, and only you can do it. And I've seen that in my own personal life. So I'm not basing this out of research, and it's not something that I've seen in other people's lives, but in my life specifically. There was a time I was so much into wanting to go into Bible school. And so I applied to go to Bible school. And I don't know for what reason I was rejected, not because of my grades, because I had very good grades, but God just didn't allow it for it to happen that I go to a Bible school because I thought my mind was very narrow and I didn't see myself serving God in the marketplace using my talents, gifts, and everything. And I could tell you, uh, Joshua, if I went to a Bible school, I'd probably be a pastor. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now with nonprofits um, because I would be thinking, you know, pastoring, evangelism, and all that. I wouldn't be thinking nonprofit, uh, raising funds for programs for people living with HIV, where I worked for 15 years. I wouldn't be thinking of women and girls who are going through gender-based violence. I would be serving them maybe in the church, praying for them, but not raising funds for them. So when you say there is not one specific mission that one has to accomplish in life, I believe so. There are many missions that God calls you to. And if I look at the life of Paul in the Bible, for every part of his life, he accomplished a specific mission to the point where he accomplished the mission of writing almost half of the um, um, of the second uh, of the of the New Testament in the Bible, the letters that he wrote to the different churches and the people groups that he was working with. Back in the day, they were not even going to be, you know, part of the Bible. They were just letters. So if he said his mission was writing letters and being part that would be one or uh, at one time uh, compiled to be the Bible, then he would have lost it because back in those days there was only the Torah and was he qualified to write the Torah after everything he had done? No, he wasn't. <laughs> so when we limit ourselves and to say, there is just that one thing that I'm going to do in this life and that is going to change everybody's life, then you're missing the plot because every day there is something that you can do to change the situation, circumstances, or, or, or things that people are facing in your community or in your sphere of influence. Wow, that is That's good. good. It is. Dr. Ruth. Well, the Bible says that there are many members of one body. Um, I truly believe that our mission has many manifestations at different times. For instance, I'm a female. At one time, I was a little girl to my mother and my father. 
Then I was a, a married woman. I am a married woman to my husband. I am a mother to my children and a grandmother to my grandchild. I am a counselor, a coach, a mentor, a pastor, and a prophet, among some other things. But, <laughs> but I know my mission is the ministry of reconciliation and all of those different manifestations. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 says, for everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. And then it goes on to tell you the different, a time to be born, a time to die, love, whatever. It goes through all of those things. And just as we mentioned Bible characters, David, he was a shepherd boy. It didn't take, a, take away the fact that uh, the prophet Samuel found him, anointed him to be king. He did not manifest into a king as in the position until many, many years later. He went and served in Saul's house first to learn how to be a king. He already knew how to be a worshiper. He already knew how to be a servant. He was already a king. He just had not manifested that kingship yet. So, we are called to something, but it manifests as we progress in life. It can show up in many places. It's like the scriptures that train up a child in the way he should go. It's not talking about writing wrong. It's saying, watch what, what the, watch what that child's talent is, what they gravitate to. And hone in on that, sharpen that skill. Promote that skill. It's like the it's like the child where the parent tries to make them like in my my niche right now with uh, with my leadership coaching. I find so many leaders we see CEOs stepping down because they realize I never wanted to do this. Someone pushed me into it. I wanted to be an air uh, airline pilot, or I wanted to be a teacher. But because my parent did not know to train me in the way I should go, they pushed me into doing what they did. And so, many manifestations of the one call that I've been called to. That's so good. It is, that it is, is so wonderful. good. Wonderful. Wow. Pastor, I don't know how you're going to top these two ladies, but... Let's, let's have it. It's, it's going to be hard too. <laughs> after after what we are heard, uh, it's, but uh, but I agree that there is a I, I will call a seasons in life, and uh, every season that brings his own uh, fruit, like uh, uh, the normal season we have, uh, uh, especially knowing that tropical areas, which is different. It's almost all the same all, the, all, all year long. But uh, in the northern uh, and uh, southern uh, hemispheres, we have uh, seasons. And the season is compared frequently with uh, the change in life. Uh, we can uh, uh, compare uh, the spring, uh, like uh, uh, our youth, and then the summer, Till uh, we growing up and the winter finally uh, 
in the later years. But in every season, we have a, a different, uh, only not, not only the mature, the knowledge, the experience, uh, but the different uh, tasks as a, as a humans, as a, as, a, as a person, we need to uh, maybe raise a family or, or make prepare ourselves in a university or on a, on an, on, in any field uh, we, we like. Uh, actually, in, in my own life, uh, my, uh, in my, when I was used, my passion was uh, nature, biology. Uh, natural resources, conservation, and I, I did uh, the work that I need to do, but uh, something changed uh, very abruptly, and I need to move from uh, my country to uh, U.S., and was a, a new start, but uh, I was something that the whole me in between the, those are big change in life, was the, the calling of the Lord. That, that's what was my my rock. Even uh, getting a lot of difficulties, uh, I still I still holding it, and uh, and I've been growing in, in knowledge and experience. And uh, let me tell you, at least at my age, I, I feel I didn't start yet. I'm been I'm been doing many stuff, uh, but uh, but I, my heart is still inspired to do more things. I've been learning from uh, good schools and you can learn from bad schools too because you, you, you learn how things you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't need to do. So, but uh, you learn for good schools and you make uh, your, your agreement with the Lord to uh, working uh, for him uh, and for people, uh, for life, my, my, uh, my, I, I feel my, in my inside, uh, my life is going to even start. <laughs> I mean, the hard experience, a lot of things, but uh, I'm, I'm full of passion to do more things. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, this seasons. I know I'm 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 more prepared now uh, for the different things has been going in my life. I know I'm more prepared, more more seasoning uh, to do things that I will I won't be able to do uh, ten years or twenty years back. Yeah, that's that's well well said. I am um, I my two cents on this is all I can think about. One of the most important things about having a quiet time, mm. Whether, no matter where you are in your, in your faith or what your beliefs are, there is something about those moments when you wake up and you are quiet and you spend <laughs> that time alone praying, reading yes, the Bible, Lord. and also listening because mm -hmm. you can hear the call, you can feel the pull, you can feel the prompting. However you want to interpret that, when you are obedient to that call, you will do things that may shock you. You may take opportunities that you're like, wait a second, what is this all about? What did but I just you, do? <laughs> but when you pay attention to it, 
it will get you where you're supposed to be going. <laughs> and sometimes it doesn't make sense. Do it anyway, because God will put you on the path of where you're supposed to be for you to accept your assignment, your mission, or whatever you want to call it. So that's my two cents on that. Your, your shares were so beautiful. Um, golly, that was so good. So I like mission because I think of special ops mission, an assignment that we have been prepared to contribute to the team. There is no such of a thing where are the lone missionary, the lone warrior. Even if you're a golfer or a tennis player, you have trainers and a medical team, etc. Mission, purpose, function, calling, vocation, quest, the purposes for being. Mission defines culture, values, ethics, fundamental goals, and agenda. Mission refers to identity and the vision is its journey to accomplish its mission. We all have a mission. We all have a thing or things that we are that are unique. They're, they're unique for us. Even if it's a similar to if even if it's similar to another mission. So what makes one's individual mission different and unique to another individual is within the influence that we all have that makes us each unique in one of a kind. So I want to start this off and I want you guys to bounce off of what I say or what, my, what I'm about to say. Because that really wasn't a question. <laughs> it was really just a statement that Dr. Henry right. had, but it was mm -hmm. powerful because we see so many people looking to follow the crowd. We oh my see, God. We followed the media. I was actually listening to Dr. Miles Monroe and Billy Graham. There was a contemplation they did on YouTube. So powerful. And Miles Monroe was talking about the media. And this is back in the 80s when he was talking about this. But man, is it real today. We, have, we are following. We've got the media that has divided us split down the middle to these two extreme ideologies. And... Uh, where am I going with this point? Ah, that's my brain thought. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, no, I know what it is. But we're all, we want to fit in so bad. It's like our, it's your human nature for us to be loved and accepted. And, and so what we do is I think we, 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 we follow the crowd thinking that is where we're going to find love and acceptance. However, and I used to be that guy. I would be the guy that would pick up the $500 bar tabs or I'd buy people's drugs or I would change my personality to try to fit into the crowd because I wanted to be liked and accepted so much. Mm -hmm. But I never was happy. I was never fulfilled. I never felt loved. And I sure as heck didn't love myself. It was only when I spent the time alone, learned how to be alone with myself, learned to love myself, and learn who am I? I am Joshua. And learning that I am Joshua allowed me to, for the very first time, have friends, feel love, love other people, and more importantly, most of my friends don't even agree with what I believe or how I think. And that's amazing to me because I didn't have to follow the crowd to do it. I didn't have to change anything. I was just myself. So I'll pass it to you guys. Um, Caroline, would you like to go first? 
What was your question? There's not a question. <laughs> it wasn't a question. It was oh like, my does, anyone, does anyone have anything to add to what I just said? No? I, I do. You can go, okay. Dr. Ruth. You can go ahead. You know, you talked about wanting to be liked. Early on, I was always one to stand out. I was so unique. I used to say weird until I learned. I hated my name um, because kids tease me. Ruth, Ruth, you know, all, <laughs> I mean, seriously. Um, and I didn't know what my name meant. And so when I found out who Ruth was, baby, I started strutting with an attitude. Okay. I'm like, oh, honey, I am royalty. I mean, I have a whole book in the Bible named after me. And some of the most amazing people walking this earth is named Ruth. So I got past that wanting to fit in and I was happy to stand out. I was happy to be the unique me that I am. But that was only after I started getting a sense of identity, a sense of that I am unique, that I am special, that I was created by God, unique, one of a kind, extra special, extraordinary, amazing, and all that in a bag of chips with the dip Amen. on the side. Wow. <laughs> that being said, it, it fused the mission that God has called me to, which is helping people understand that again, you're not a mistake. And even if you did mess up, it doesn't mean that you're kicked to the curb and discounted. You can take all of those experiences. You know, the, wor the world and the media tells us that you have to look like this and you have to sound like this and you have to have this amount of money. You got a guru wanting to take all your money and tell you to follow this step and you never make as much money as they make. No. If you listen to the Holy Spirit, as you were saying, Joshua, if you spend that time with God, and some people don't know how to spend time with God, so they need a little uh, plan of, you know, how to listen and hear his voice and how to know his voice. And so you spend time hearing and knowing his voice, then you can hear him tell you how extra special you are and that he has a plan for you and that he loves you no matter what. And it doesn't matter if you messed up or if you like me, I was born out of wedlock. I had a child out of wedlock, but the cycle and the curse stopped with me. Mm -hmm. I'm just awesome. saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm passing the baton. <laughs> I'm uh, passing the baton. Pastor, do you have anything? Uh, well, actually, if, uh, if she make a, a, a note about the, the childhood, I, I will too. <laughs> uh, what I, I learned to uh, be myself in in this way uh my father uh started being uh, sick uh when i was john maybe seven years old and he passed away when i was uh, about 12 just entered to the uh to the you know uh the teenager uh age but at that point something else happens 
uh, because my mother, uh, she was uh, basically uh, uh, the homemaker at that point. My father was uh, the provider. Uh, she has a career, she was a nurse, uh, a professional nurse, and uh, but uh, don't need to work, that's okay. But my father dies, so he started to work in two, two jobs, from one hospital to another hospital. What happened with the child? Uh, at the same time, no mother and no father. Nobody to, you know, to uh, take care, to talk, especially to talk. Uh, she was really uh, tired after two different jobs uh, to you know, spend time with you. And, uh, so I was my school to uh, do my my own uh, my own way. I I I was even exposed in the just in the first grade to another uh, another kid uh, who has uh, uh, need help with uh, with the school, and I and I help with no interest. And many times they they came to me. I'm talking about. Uh, uh, 40 years ago, <laughs> I'm really old. <laughs> With marijuana in the school, hey, hey, brother, you help me with the take this. I never. Uh, so, and yeah, alcohol or smoking or marijuana or many other things, uh, they, they, they practiced this, uh, keep me. I, I keep myself on myself, and I, and I and I, I I didn't follow him, and in that way I was uh, feeling the need for something greatest. I need a father. I need a, a, a purpose. I, I need that something that uh, wake wake me up to to my to to my to my purpose, to my uh, leading to a, a new day in my life. So that just gave me uh, the opportunity to be in, in myself for uh, many, for uh, for too many times, for many years. But uh, what I learned is it's good. Uh, that situation, particularly in my life, uh, keep me from uh, following, the, following the crowd. So I wait the things uh, from uh, very young, uh, I do uh, my. Uh, I, I need a, a role model in my life, and uh, I choose my teachers. Uh, how God do that to me? I don't know. But what's 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 happening in my life? So I I, I don't have my father. Uh, my mother is very busy, extra busy to, to keep. To put food on the table, and uh, uh, I'm a teenager, just uh, 12, 13 years old. Oh, my teachers! I was in a school was uh, just uh, for for boys, so I choose my, my my teachers. My teacher was my role model, and I learned I learned from them. So that's uh, for some amazing way. I was uh, I was keep from follow follow the marijuana for follow the and bad student of follow many other things that is around me. I just make a, 
my circle, my role model, and uh, it's, it's great to know you yourself. And, uh, and, and uh, then growing a lot of people. Thank you. Wow. Thank you for that share, Pastor. Thank you. Lord. Yeah, you don't you don't normally hear pastors open up and share that kind of stuff. So thank you. Yeah. Um, Newbury. So we have about eight minutes left. Caroline, would you like to share? Absolutely. Um, thank you so much, Dr. Ruth and Pastor Carlos, for that. I have many teachers in my family. Actually, I have um, one sister of mine is a teacher. Actually, two sisters of mine. One of them doesn't think of herself as a teacher. She thinks of herself as a educator slash many things. And I, both of my two brothers, the only two brothers I have are both teachers. And so having heard what you said about how teachers impacted your lives, it's just going to say that, you know, as we see all these teachers out there, they're impacting lives of kids in ways that we may not even know. Because for some, for some of these kids, those teachers are the only role models they will ever have. So thank you so much for sharing. Um, for me, one of the things that I believe at the beginning, kind of like, and I'm going to take this tangent and, and talk about things I felt in my earlier life that defined me. Success academically was the one thing that I was very proud of and I would talk about it and I would use it to define who I was and who I am and where I am going. And when I got into the nonprofit sector and I started working with people in the nonprofit sector and I realized that there are people who are doctors who stopped practicing medicine to come and work in the nonprofit sector and they didn't think of you know, all the money that they would have earned in the corporate sector as doctors or in private practice. Um, there were lawyers that I met who stopped practicing and gave uh, their lives to working in the nonprofit sector. Then it began, it began to question, uh, I began to question myself, who I am outside of my academic credentials wow. who i am outside of this thing that i often introduce myself as you know in kenya you know when you see when you go into undergraduate class where there are people studying mathematics and chemistry you can count the number of hours in those classrooms and so that for me was my sense of pride for a very long time. It defined who I was. I was very proud. And if you took that away, then I wouldn't know how to describe myself outside of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in 2003, my dad passed away and he was in the medical field and he died of cancer. And we had so many doctors around us because of his um, profession, but he passed away and I became very upset, or let me not say upset, I became very angry with God. And one time I really asked God, why did you have to take him? Because I thought his purpose was to bring healing to people and support to people because he was very much loved. Mm 
And I may sound very brutal by saying this. I said, how could you take away a doctor with a disease that is incurable? It sounded to me like it was a joke, mm. you know? And I began to find out who I was. And one revelation that I had, I remember uh, when I started working, I was in my house and I was praying and, and I stopped reading the Bible. I remember I started reading the Bible and I stopped reading the Bible. I stopped doing everything. I used to go to church, but I used to go to church because it is the thing that you do out of tradition. And if you don't go, obviously you'll be asked, where were you? We didn't see you. So I would go because, of course, you don't want everybody asking you, where were you, what were you doing, what's up, and all that, and you just don't want to get into that. Preach so to just keep everyone happy, I went to church for five years. But every time people were raising their hands and worshipping, I was just like, God, you know me and you are not good these days. We don't talk to each other very well. I'm just going to lift my hands. Everybody is lifting their hands up, but I'm still holding one thing against you. Mm. Why did he have to die? The answer came when I moved to South Africa. And I told God, I want to I wanna go somewhere where you speak to me in a place where I can sit and be quiet. And in 2008, the Lord took me to South Africa. It was a job, so it wasn't like a dream or vision or something. It was a job opportunity with voluntary services overseas. And in my first year when I was there, I felt that I needed to go into a time of prayer and fasting, and I'm going to fast track this. So I fasted for 40 days. And I did the um, fasting where you skip breakfast and lunch and you have dinner. And during the day, I drank water and I drank um, fresh orange juice mostly for energy. And I did that for 40 days. In those 40 days, my character was tried. Everything <laughs> I had believed in was tried to the core, to the point that the job that I had, there was a case and it was just, I, I can't even tell you what it was. It was not job non-performance. It's just people made up something. And for once I was going to be fired from that role just because of things that people made up. And again, the job, you know, the job was on the line and the only one who could save me was God. So I learned to go on my knees and to pray to God for myself, not to have anyone lay hands on me, not to have a group of intercessors pray for me, not to have, not to listen to any sermon by whoever, just me and God and talking through stuff and listening through and just learning to listen to the voice of God. And that is why I am where I am today. So those 40 days that started in October and ended towards the end of November in 2008 were critical in who I am. My message to anybody, if you are at a place where you feel lost, it's not the time to, I, I, I don't mind you calling your intercessors, but first and foremost, check your heart. Mm. 
check yourself. Oh God. Because at the end of the day, when we stand before the Lord, and I believe that day is coming, it's about you and your relationship with God. It's not about the pastor who laid hands on you. It's not about the prophet who spoke this prophecy and said this about you. It's your relationship with God. How is that relationship? Check your heart. How is your condition of your heart? Have you forgiven? Have you let go? What are the things that are holding you back? Because sometimes I think people of faith often make it so difficult when it's a simple, just quiet time and praying, whichever way you know how to pray, if it's a sentence and then you sit there and be quiet, just say a sentence, God, I'm coming to you. I don't know what to say. Here I am, cleanse my heart. I feel unforgiven. I feel like I need to be forgiven for something. And I feel like I need to forgive people. I'm forgiving this person and this person. And I hate this person. I don't know why, but just help me to love them. And I don't want to carry all these things. I bring them to you. Help me. Even if it's like that, say it. Mm. Amen. That's good. That's good. That's, good. That's beautiful. Amen. So we have. Thank you so much for that. That Yeah, that's so powerful. And I wish we had Amen. more time. I, I want to really quick. Uh, this is for the audience that's watching. I these are some sample missions and maybe if you're struggling with knowing what your mission or purpose is maybe this will come alive maybe this may even spark some ideas within the group of course most of you are pretty purpose-driven individuals uh some sample missions to spread the power of optimism who couldn't use that right now to inspire healthier communities by connecting people those of you right now that are in areas that are under attack from riots and other things like that, or there's just, just unrest, inspire healthier communities by connecting people, connecting good people. And one of the ways that you can do that is by being the example and going out and serving in your community. Use business to inspire and implement solutions to the environment. That can be environment as in the environment or just the environment around you, like uh, the, the city that you're in. Uh, leading the way for socially conscious businesses, amen. amen. To bring hope and vision to the homeless. Let me tell you something. We get to work with the homeless nearly every single day here. They are not helpless. They are not, not hopeless. I mean, some of them have lost hope, but you know what? I did too. I was homeless at one time. I was too. God can, God has a purpose for everyone. And it may be you that is inspiring them, that provides that opportunity. If it wasn't for the people that had, had let, reached down to offer me opportunity when I was homeless, I would be dead. So do not dismiss the homeless because there are several of them that you will see that if you just, you, you, you could be that difference for them. Rescuing people from human trafficking. Oh man, my man, Jason Cisneros does this. Yeah. Um, like he goes into it, Pastor Rudy, there's so many great ministries that are going in and freeing people from human trafficking. Uh, create better, a better everyday life for everyday person. <laughs> that can be somebody in your office right now. Provide the homeless or low-income situations 
with the essential items they need to thrive. And listen, if you're out there right now, I don't care where you're at in the world, there are organizations and you can reach out to us and we will help you, but there are organizations that you can partner with to be able to supply those needs. The, our foundation, for instance, we have partnered with other foundations that basically are supplying us with the ability to go out and serve every day. We're spending some of our own money, yes. A lot of our money goes to that. But we are also being supplied. Uh, evangelist uh, Deborah Cargill had just sent some amazing stuff to us. Like we get stuff sent to us every day. There are ministries that want to help. Inspire others to share their voice. We, everyone can do that. Find the need, meet the need, change destinies. Discover, nurture, and put it in action, the divine purpose of others. Jesus had a mission to proclaim the good news to the poor, to, procre to pro proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Wow. Okay, so the last thing I'm going to say here, within the mission... We must be relevant to the society or culture that we are sent to search and rescue. Amen. Wow. <laughs> guys, God bless you all. Um, I'm so grateful for all of you here. I feel, I, I mean, this has been amazing just hearing your, the insight from all three of you. Uh, it's been so powerful. And uh, just thank you and God bless you all. Thank you. Have a great house. Thank you so much and God bless you. Thank you. All right. God bless well, you is, all. This is Society of Kingdom Minds and we will see you next week. God bless everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.